All right, gang, let's do it. Check this one out. Yeah. We got Frosty Fresh today on the episode, and much love to Frosty for coming on. This guy, if you guys don't know, he's just one of the most inspiring, um, amazing dudes that you could ever want to talk to. So I hope you guys dig this one. I really did. And he's an owner at Tempest. He has been You'll see him at hosting parkour events from Red Bull to NAPC. He's just been crushing things out in and around our community for, for almost two decades now. And he just put out a video called Never Here. It's kind of his last video um, in, in that domain of movement. But uh, as you'll see, it's, it's got a lot of other meaning behind it potentially. And we talk about meaning and how he's making uh, this new chapter in his life and what he's up to and you know, everything that you can do for yourself to, to help tap into your own uh, sense of purpose. And so I'm really excited. It was really good talking with Frosty. He's the man. And we also talk a lot about competition and sport parkour and USPK.org, an organization that he's involved with and how that's going to all relate to what we're doing and how we proceed forward as um, a community. So... What can I say except uh, this one's juicy. Oh, no, you guys are going to dig it. And thank you guys for, for being a part of this. Check out the description. All the links that we talk about are going to be in there. And all the links to support and subscribe and do everything else for the podcast. So much love. We'll see you guys at the end of the episode. But here's Frosty Fresh coming at you. I'm like super excited just to see your face. You know, I haven't seen you <laughs> since since too, too long, it feels like. Yeah, um, I, did, I missed wait. you at NEPC last year. And I don't know how that went. I'm sure it was amazing as usual. But um, yeah, unfortunately, you didn't go either. Yeah, we, we, yeah. the booth got destroyed. Year. The booth got yeah. the commentary booth was dis- was left to smithereens. <laughs> oh, no, oh, we left it in shambles. Hard. Actually, Giles and uh, I don't know if you caught the live stream, but Giles and um, yeah. Charlie killed it. But yeah, no, it was really good. And you know, I'm really happy to have seen that event grow. You know, I was I've been hosting that event since before it was NAPC when it was still like the origins parkour classic, you know, yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's so amazing because for me, it was really so much about how much those, those guys behind it, you know, Renee and Tom and everybody that, that makes that event possible, how much they care about why they're doing it. Mm. Like they really believe that building a competition offers people an opportunity to improve themselves, to challenge themselves and to grow the overall sort of like collective mm-hmm. ability of the parkour community. And they, they put a ton of effort into refining that event every year into making it better and investing in things they think are going to really create the type of world that they want to uh, exist in. And that's something I really respect. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's I love what those guys are doing. And like this year, it seems like it's really building even into something like every year it gets a little bit bigger. Every year it gets a little bit more refined, a little more professional and a little bit like grander on the scale. And it's so exciting because you can see the momentum that's building in the direction of their their dream and their vision and to be a part of that and like have experienced some of it. And I, I don't know about you. I heard actually from Vinny the other day that you are going to be at the new one, the next one. That's the word on the street. That's the word on that street. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm trying to be as involved with, uh, with, with as many events going on as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, as as we kind of like, we're talking about, I'm trying to step back from being a professional athlete. Now it's something that I've held on to because I really felt like I could bring something unique to that side of the sport. Mm -hmm. But for a, a big portion of my career already, I've been, you know, working behind the scenes, getting, 
you know, involved with things like hosting and choreography and entrepreneurship, like building like the sort of back end of what's going on in the, the parkour community. And I think that with the events that we have going right now, it's, it's so important for us to try and support them to build that grassroots element to what's going on as much as I'm excited about like the things that I'm doing with Red Bull and the, the great opportunities we have there to try and help bring mm-hmm. some of their energy and resources into our sport. Yeah. I think that a lot of the growth that's going to be in a positive way for our community is going to come from within it. I agree. And I think that's like, I mean, I'm, I'm in a similar plane of exist of existence, I could say where, you know, maybe for a while and I've been, you know, wrestling and, um, becoming at peace with the fact that, you know, it's probably some of my, my training, my athletic pro me offering what I have in that domain is, is coming to, coming to an end. Whereas like now it's fun to also explore and, and go down these new avenues of entrepreneurship, of creating things behind the scenes. And it's actually really, really exciting to me because part of what this podcast can be about is diving into all the things that everyone that you know, is in this community is doing. And I know because there's so many powerful people like yourself, like, um, Rez and Tom and like these people that, you know, the, the, the discipline, it kind of lends itself to that personal growth path, I feel like. And because of that, you're going to see like all these people as they start, you know, not everyone's going to give a shit obviously, but some, so many people I know are going to take everything they've learned from applying it to the movement and the practice itself to, just huge things in their next um, chapters in in life. You know, when when you when you get to a certain age, when you're like, all right, I've done what I need to do there. Yeah, and I mean, I I think we've already recognized in so many ways. We talk about how like you know overcoming obstacles, the metaphor for life, how training uh-huh. these things can build those skills in other areas. And you know, I think it's sort of become like just like an easy, almost a cliche mantra to just sort of put that out there. How this can be a philosophy for life, but it really does work if you can put yourself in a mental state mm. of mind to to be able to look at at challenges as as opportunities to look for ways to like find your own path or push yourself to progress i think these are all like really powerful things that you can implement in your life and i think it's really fascinating when you look at the way that you know we train it when we're we're young athletes and you're excited you like mm-hmm. get your first you know like rail pre or something you know you're like so stoked on it and you want to do it over and over because in the moment you just get to focus on nothing else except for this one tiny Mm -hmm. thing that you have to get exactly right and it's so empowering to be so present in something and so aware but then you know you get to a certain point in your training and you're like oh well actually if i started doing like some squats like my power output would increase Uh. so like then like the next time i go to this like i'm going to be even better it's going to be easier and be stronger so then you start like adding in and that timeline you're your experience starts to expand and then you're like, Oh, well maybe if I didn't have to like pay to train every single time, (laughs) maybe I should just like put some videos online, get some cred and and then I could get some followers and then I could, you know, train for free whenever I want or travel on somebody else's bill or, Mm. or maybe I need to open my own gym. And then that way I could invite all my friends to just come train with me because there's no spots in my town or, you know, I think those, those ideas start with something small and personal and, and, and very up close and, as we get older, as we grow, as we expand our interests, it, it just, you know, it teaches us to sort of think about a, a bigger picture. And mm. it's about trying to see the 
the potential on a big scale of the efforts you're putting into things right in front of you that are are just very up close and 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 finely detailed and, and yeah. sometimes just tiniest little thing can make the biggest difference in the long run what um your journey has definitely been very like expansive you know like how do you see where you're at where you at where are you at now i guess in some ways like you still obviously you're you're in new york now and that's uh that was news to me i was like what 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 spawned the change to the east coast was it working um well i made the (laughs) i made the move to the east coast with my wife because she just launched her new company mod it's uh your wife is ridiculous she's always doing the 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 damn thing like She's the she's amazing, and I think that's been yeah. one of the catalysts for for the awesome things that you guys you guys are such a power duo, you know the way that you guys work together, and she's yeah. she's oh. so powerful with her with everything she does. Yeah, and and I think you know she was somebody that really helped me recognize mm. how the things that I was doing in one area could really be applied to anything in the world, and you know I think she really saw what was going on in parkour and my sort of influence in that, my attention and what, what, what I cared about and helped me not redirect it, but expand it to a much bigger idea of what, what it was. And I think sometimes we don't think about that. You're like, Oh, you know, I just dropped a new video. Mm. Well, actually you just like conceptualized an idea, mm-hmm. trained your body over the course of years to be able to, to, to facilitate that acted as a director, a producer, and a cinematographer, an editor, yeah. you did uh, like licensing deals, <laughs> with like, you know, like you're doing so much just to do something like put a video on the internet now. You know? and it's like, we don't think about that because that's just the world that we grew in. That's the standard, the norm. But really when you, you think about it, it's like, oh, well, I didn't just like make a t-shirt with my friends. Like we started a small business. Mm-hmm. We secured funding through like our own like angel investors basically means we put in the money ourselves and then and then uh and then we started to to build out like a a pricing model that could allow us to build something so we could make another line of shirts which could make another line of shirts that could make a gym that could make a shoes that could sponsor athletes around the world and you know that's what we're doing every single day in this this sport it's just that it doesn't sound like a desk job when you're like hanging out with your friends in sweatpants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that the talents that we're all like shining through because we, we all start from that one place, the precision or whatever it is that got us focused in laser focused on the movement. And then we can expand and spawn outward. Um, you guys, uh, you, you're, you're still heavily or more, I don't know. What's your involvement with the Tempest, uh, facilities now that you're remote, more remotely working or, or maybe what's going on? Uh- I think it's been uh, really good for me. Um, mm-hmm. I am one of the owners of Tempest, which mm-hmm. is such an honor. I love being a part of that family because it's something that's, you know, existed for almost like the entire time. Like, you know, free running has been in the U.S. Yeah, it's yeah. Been professional competitive sport, you know, and, you know, I think um, I really believe that it represents a part of this culture that needs to continue to mm-hmm. develop and, and stay they are part of what we're developing. Um, I just didn't like develop a whole bunch, but it's, <laughs> it's the way that I think I've been looking at it. Like, I think those, that part of our, our community and our culture needs to continue to grow. Um, and so for me now moving to the East coast, being able to look at it from uh, like you said, a remote perspective mm. has given me a, a lot of opportunity to shift off of being so hands-on with things that I, the way that I love to, mm. um, and instead have to think like bigger picture and talking about things that I can see, from a much broader 
sort of uh, viewpoint. And it's been cool to see things like this is the first gym like I didn't get a chance to see before we opened it. I only saw video chats. I only typed oh, yeah. in. You know, we're giving input. You know, everybody on the team is sending like, hey, here's design concepts, here's references, here's ideas. Like we're all involved, but this is the first time like I wasn't able to go there until we basically opened it. And it was, <laughs> it was amazing to see. It was actually a really, I think, rewarding experience to sort of flip that and, and, and really think like, oh, I used to think like, the best thing is that I could just do these awesome things and like make it happen. And it's like all about like being there and doing it. Yeah. And now I think it's even more amazing when you see something like come up and you're like, wow, I didn't have to do every single thing. I didn't have to be there for every screw. Like mm. it can, it can create on itself. And the, it just shows that the world that we're building and we're investing in mm. are actually creating something that can sustain itself. Yeah. Uh, like when you meet a kid and you're and, and you're like, dude, you're dope, man. And he's like, <laughs> no, that like six years ago you taught me a side flip. <laughs> oh, snap. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Like a child. You're, yeah, yeah. Shit, you're like, Jesus, I am uh yeah. I'm in that next generation. I'm the older but wiser, hopefully sometimes. Um <laughs> master for these for these young lads. And uh yeah, it's 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 amazing to be a part of this. It's like that we're constantly at the frontier of what's happening. It seems like because it's just it's all new, it's all creative, and everyone is. I'm sure that there's communities all over the world that you know were founded in this internet age that feel this insane momentum and this insane expansion that is happening all over the planet. It's just it's a wild time. Yeah, without a <laughs> doubt. And I, I mean, you know, I think I'm really excited because I've always, you know, presented free running and parkour as like a viral sport. You know, it's something mm -hmm. that not only was like sort of like born and grew online, but it found a home that was really a great place for it. Like it really does fit well on mm. the internet. And while there's obviously tons of negative stuff that comes from YouTube comments and forum wars or whatever, you know, bullshit people can come up with. I think that's true of anything, you know, like yeah. I, you know, it's not like you, you can't host a live jam or a competition or a friendly meetup without some bullshit. But what the internet really offered, I think, especially in our like early days was an opportunity to, to connect when a lot of us, at least me, I felt like very alone in this. I was, mm. you know, I, you know, I started as a 14 year old kid in the pre YouTube days mm. and it was first a matter of like convincing like my five closest friends just to do this thing that I was like, Hey, go and like rewatch a Ripley's believe it or not episode the next time it comes on. And you'll have a better idea of what I'm talking about because there was no way to just share a video and be like, look how dope this is. Let's go do this tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then it, until like, you know, the forums first English speaking forum started showing up that we could connect with, uh, the rest of the people in the state and the country and organize the first nationwide jams and the first like, uh, North American jams. And, and eventually like, create all of this this world that, that we live in and so much of it happened because you know we found a community online there may have only been one or two people in in this town here and like six people in chicago and like one person in mm -hmm. california and florida but because of the internet we were able to connect we we're able to feel that sense of community before it was physically like tangible yeah and because of that I, I i always like I'm grateful for those opportunities to, to connect with people online and through, through whatever formats we're, we're developing. Yeah. And, you know, for people like me that came in a little bit afterward, I think it's, uh, you know, we, we owe you, uh, you know, just some kudos and thank you for, for helping build that out. Because when I did engage with the community, you know, I did, I didn't 
I didn't get to get on board as even when it was just the digital connections as much. I was lucky enough that I felt the digital sphere happening, but there was already a little bit enough enough there for me to grasp onto what by the time that I found parkour and um, there was community meeting up and I was basically, you know, getting to ride a wave that had already, you know, surged out of the water, um, which is really, really amazing. Yeah. But that's a testament to just how accessible this sport oh, is. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the reasons why it was so successful online is the ability to take it from seeing this this thing on like your screen mm-hmm. to like just putting on your shoes and walking outside was really like a very simple transition for a lot of people to to make. And the best thing about it is that once you do it, once you land like a single jump, it, it, it leaves you with something that you can't get rid of. And I don't think you ever want to, I mean, mm. it's, it's, uh, it's empowering. It's, it's telling you you're, you're capable of something. It's you telling you you're capable of something. <laughs> That's the key, right? Yeah. It's very much about that self trust, the relationship with what you know you can do and what you're able to execute. And I think that's why it's such a immense tool for, for that. All right, what can I do next? What's what am I really capable of? You know, and and even when the jumps become less a part of that, what are you capable of? So uh, there's just there's definitely going to be lots of athletes. Well, let me get let's dive in a little bit to the video itself that you just put out because I thought it was a really beautiful video, and um, I really like the way that you took it in a different direction that you know than we've ever really seen for a movement video, and you know that's important always for me for because I know how hard it is to to decide that I'm going to go somewhere where no one has gone before just like the first jump where the first time someone's doing some kind of random roof gap or precision or vault or whatever the first time it happens is often the most uh, amount of uncertainty and fear that you're dealing with not to say that you would be scared to put this out because you're just that you know kind of creative person but uh, what what challenged you to go in that direction and then um, yeah, give us some um, more thoughts on how that came together, please. Well, just to go off of what you were saying first, I think like, uh, you know, in, in terms of like the courage to go there, I think it was, it was probably easier for me than a lot of other people because mm-hmm. I already felt like I had moved in this, this further direction. Mm-hmm. The footage itself is like two years old. So it already, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like a little detached from the, the movement itself, mm-hmm. but more than anything, like I think my career and my personality, uh, are like not of a, a type where like I was going to lose something. Like if I'm like, I don't know, Eric Mukamechin and all of a sudden, like I'm instead of doing double gainers, I'm like rolling on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And and suddenly I think people would, would maybe feel almost like, like uh betrayed or something, yeah. you know, but, but, but for someone like me, I think that there's, there's an expectation that, or at least my hope is that there's, there's, uh, an understanding that I'm trying to bring something different all the mm-hmm. time. My, my own sense of, uh, I don't know, style yeah. gives hopefully, um, space for people to develop that on their own. Cause I certainly know there are people with more physical capabilities than me, than me mm-hmm. and also more like artistic capabilities that can bring, whatever, hopefully new ground I've broken to an even higher level. Mm-hmm. And I just, hope that like you're saying this just paves the way for people to get even more out there with it and mm-hmm. and to feel more comfortable trying something different than what they've already seen over and over again yeah 100 um uh, it, go ahead sorry 
No, uh, I think in terms of like where it started, it definitely was like a very straightforward uh-huh. idea at first. I had changed my training to a, a place that was very much about like, you know, my own personal sort of ideas about how I wanted to move and what I wanted to feel when I was moving. And I was like training up for this video. We had all these amazing, amazing athletes in town. Um, you know, DK was there, Bart, Mish, you know, just like everybody from the LA fam showed up, you know, mm-hmm. Corey and Jesse. And it was like, it was just such a good energy around that time. And we were really worth throwing down. And it was so cool to see like everybody's different style sort of like, to the most pronounced level, you know, they were really just being themselves. And so I think it, it, it definitely supported me in like doing my own thing there. But, um, like I said, that was like two years ago and mm. I got the footage like a few months back and I started to look at it and my experience of watching the footage versus the experience of being there and creating it were so different. Mm. And I, I started to, to move away from thinking about this as like just, the end of an era like oh i put everything into this so this could be done and yeah then oh, this all built up to the beginning of something new mm. and how can i take everything that i experienced there and, and bring that into the light in a way that is really going to f- reflect how important it's been to me how powerful it's been in my life and so i stopped paying attention so much to the, the movement from a technical standpoint mm-hmm. and started look at ways that I could combine images and sounds and colors to, to better reflect the way it felt to, to be there when you were doing it. Um, and, and at least for me, that's the experience that I get when I, when I watch it. And I hope that other people share that. Yeah, no, I loved it. Especially the ending I thought was really amazing to having the audio kind of like roll out behind and, um, that, that huge high drop that you took over the fence. Like I was like, that's a fun move. And I love the way that it just kind of plays out and you hear the sounds and the, the, the vibe of, of what that means. Um, and yeah, I really loved it. I thought it was really cool. I could definitely feel the energy behind that, that particular part, but also, you know, throughout I'm, I'm a huge fan, um, of everything yeah. you've done, but yeah, especially that too. And, uh, I, th- I love the way you're turning it around to make it a beginning of a new thing. You know, that's, that's really what it is, right? Every ending is a new yeah. beginning. So you, uh, you're, you're, you're yeah. playing with that energy and it's really fun because, you know, I'm similarly think that maybe I have one more video that I'd like to do. That's of, of, of the similar intention where I'm like, this is probably going to be the last thing that I really put my effort in, in terms of all right, this is going to be a big video for me, but more now, I mean, I hadn't really even thought of that yet where I'm like, Oh, you know what it could be is the beginning of my, it could be an homage to the next chapter of my life, not necessarily to the last chapter. Um, and I like that yeah. idea a lot. Yeah, actually I'm really grateful. Um, a friend of mine, William Spencer, he's a skateboarder. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, all that as well. From um, Denver. Yeah. Really, yeah. Really <laughs> talented dude. Um, and he's obviously had some like incredibly like viral clips in the past, like front flipping down a 14 set to land yeah. on the skateboard, Red Bull videos, and he was in Spider-Man and stuff. And, you know, he's somebody that I've always respected his creative work probably more than anything. What he's physically able to convince himself to do, you know, that's yeah. a whole other level. That's like, you know, I, I, I can I can only understand so much of that part because, you know, I have my own, you know, personal limits. But I think what has always inspired me is his drive to, you know, create something that's truly his own, regardless of the mm-hmm. outside influences he, he may get. And he called me um, a couple weeks before I, I really dove into this this project. And um, 
he was just talking to me about this masterpiece of his that he's working on. Oh, wow. And it's, it's just like this idea, I think, that you have that you're like, oh, this is my masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But what's really powerful about it is, is that you can cultivate that for yourself. You know, like mm-hmm. anything can be your masterpiece. Like the, the cupcakes you make for the bake sale can be a masterpiece or the yeah. email you see your, your friend, you know, anything can be a masterpiece. And you know, he was asking me about whether or not he should go back to reshoot this thing. And, you know, I, I don't know that much about skateboarding, mm-hmm. like technically, like what people are going to find the most exciting. But I was like, I don't even need to see this because you already told me that you're making your masterpiece. Mm. So if you feel like this is what it, it needs to be that masterpiece, then yes, you need to do it. Because at the end of the day, what you want to walk away from is not a project which everybody else is excited about, which they yeah. think is good or bad or whatever. All you want to walk away from is knowing that you made your own masterpiece. Because then anything that anyone says is completely irrelevant because they could say, Oh, well, I would have done this. Well, that's great. Good for you. you. Go and do it then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That would be awesome. I can't wait to see your masterpiece. Yeah. But no one can say anything to you if you are creating something that you truly believe is your masterpiece. And I think that's true of creating the life that you want to live. I'd like my life to be my own personal masterpiece. 100%. Yeah. I think that we're all you know, slaying brushstrokes every day. And I think that, uh, I usually vibe with that. And I think you, like you said, you really have to listen to whatever it is that you're feeling, because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You have to be the definition of your own success and happiness. And you're you're the only one that can tell you that you're the only one that really knows. So it's really cool. And it's really important to dive into that work because you will feel it. You will feel like your life's a masterpiece. The more that you stay in tune and in touch with that and act on it. And I love creating things. So I'm always, that's one of the funnest things about creating art and making anything is it can be whatever you want. Um, so that's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Do you, uh, what do you have any advice for, you know, as I said, as we were talking about, there's any, there's going to be a lot of people I think that are going to be transitioning into something outside of themselves. How do they, how would you say that you best handled um, that shifting focus? Um, I actually had a really great conversation with a young woman who was considering um, following a career in photography, but Mm -hmm. she was already a very successful, very talented uh, computer programmer. Mm -hmm. And she had a great career, a great job offer on the table for promotion um, but she had recently started shooting photography with fun, was getting better at it, was feeling really good about it and wanted to see if she could get more work with it since it was something that she felt like she was really excited about. Um, and she was kind of asking the same question, like, how do you figure out what to do with your life? You know, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age when so much is available to us and also where we're humans and we are capable of so much. Um, and the thing that I said to her is that, I know that you do not care about looking through a tiny hole and pushing a button. That's Mm. not why you like taking pictures. And I also know that the hours and 10,000 hours you spent learning how to code and becoming like proficient at it were not because you like seeing like ones and zeros Mm -hmm. on the screen. (laughs) There is something behind those things that generated your interest, that motivated you, that got you excited or inspired you. And, 
it may not be that thing. It may, it may be the outcome of that thing. It may be the social rewards of that thing. It can be as simple as just money. But if you look at that and you, you actually take the time to understand what it is that has been motivating you, I think you're going to find it a lot easier, not only to find the thing that you want to do most with your time and your life, but also how to apply that same idea to anything that you're doing. Mm. So for instance, for her, one of the things I, I offered up as a suggestion is maybe it's that moment that, that you've, you've captured and everything is perfect in it. And I would wager that when you, you know, push space on a computer program, you've just spent, you know, a hundred hours developing and it runs perfectly. You probably have like a similar reward mm-hmm. you know, inside of you. And if you try to understand like what that feeling comes from and what, what it, it means to you, then not only can you decide, actually, I would like to spend more time, you know, taking pictures or computer programming, but also maybe understand like, oh, actually, it's not the picture that I like. What I like more about taking pictures is that somebody invites me into their world mm-hmm. and I get a chance to show them how I see their world. Well, that to me says, yes, you can be a photographer, but also that there are a lot of different ways that you can come into another person's world and share your perspective with them. And you can do that as a creative, as an engineer, as a, as an assistant, as a mm-hmm. freaking uh, janitor. Like yeah, there, yeah. There's a lot of ways that you can cultivate that in your life. And for me, when I've been looking at my life, you know, I used to think like, oh, shit, like I used to play on the playground and I like <laughs> to break the rules and I'm really physical. So like parkour came naturally to me and I love that there's philosophy behind it. So like it helped me build like a lifestyle that is totally my own and where I jump off stuff. And like, yeah. and I slowly was like, oh, actually, I do not care that much about jumping off stuff. <laughs> maybe I like rolling on stuff. And then maybe I like falling. On no, nope. It's like, nope, nope. It, oh, actually, it has nothing to do with those things. That is the outlet that I, I chose to follow because it was at the right place at the right time. And I really connected with it. And mm. the, the, the way that it fit into my life was so amazing. But the thing that I've really connected with and I've started to recognize more and more is I love the opportunity to do something new, mm. to build a community around myself, to connect with people in a way where they're wasn't a chance for there to be the same type of judgment because there were no rules yet. So we could create our own rules. And so I've consistently found spaces now where I'm able to build something where I get to create my own rules. And Mm. that's been incredibly powerful for me. And the more that I've embraced the idea of what truly motivates me, the more I'm able to apply that into my day-to-day life, my Mm. interpersonal relationships, anything well i don't even know what to say because i feel that big time that is a that's a that's a motivating force for me as well and i i think that the, we share that maybe that's one of the things um that uh i will be diving even deeper into but yeah i, I love that and you know for me that's a similar thing i like i'm like i just like playing making the own rules that's such a that's an interesting way to put it i never really thought of it that way but i felt that big time just now um which is why I love part of the reason why I think parkour was a place for both of us to gravitate towards is because there were so many rules. There's so much that wasn't built out yet. It was like sick. Like no one's built this yet. No one's built that yet. No one's built this yet. Let's do whatever we want. Um, whereas if, you know, if you're basketball or baseball or any kind of like other sport, for example, the rules are pretty well in place. 
And um, it's more about the effort you want to put in. And maybe you're just motivated by how much can you work? How much can you uh, uh, challenge yourself? Yeah. And it's a different medium um, for sure. But I love that, man. Uh, speaking yeah. of real quick, because you did mention Posh and Eric, what the fuck is going on with those two? Have you, what are they drinking, dude? What is in the water down there right now? Is it just because like, I mean, I, every week, every day, almost a new clip comes out where I'm like, how, how is this happening? Well, I do think that is just like a, a sign of the kind of world that is being grown for this sport. And it's so cool that we live in a time where, you know, like two kids from Eastern Europe who probably would never have like this, this opportunity mm. to just be able to do whatever they want, travel the world and, and create and, and surround themselves with people who are just as bonkers as they are. <laughs> and now like both those two guys are, you know, they're, they're, living off of the effort they put into the world. Mm. And in the same way, I feel like I have respect for the, you know, the bricklayer who gets paid for every brick that he lays in a, in a wall or a building, you know, like these guys, they, they are getting paid, albeit not as much as they are certainly worth. I, for my opinion, <laughs> um, but every time they're throwing down something like they are building a life for themselves on something that they love. And I think that's just, so amazing and you know i'm sure that there's more that goes into being able to do some of that stuff like just gain her off the swings like like that. that's so insane that makes... the front foot's like that yeah not, none of it like makes any sense to me because none of those things motivates me yeah but it doesn't make it any less impressive that that's the the level that they're taking it to but if i'm going to be honest like the stuff that i am most inspired by or, or connect with most would be Pasha's comedy work. Mm. I think even even simple things like his super sketchy flips close to the edge of stuff yeah. were a way to take things that, that he could do and put them in a place where nobody had put them before. Mm. And what it did was switch it from being something that is exclusively about the technical prowess, but also about the feeling that it gives you when you see it which is why I think it became so accessible to the general public. And that's why you saw 50 cents, you know, like using it for his Monday morning memes, because mm. like it, it makes sense to people to be like, Oh man, Whoa, really what is that? Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's like most of the time, I think a lot of the stuff that that's coming out now, you know, you see something like, uh, you know, Nate Weston is yeah. his last solo video is insane. It's, it's absolutely bonkers. The most difficult things I've ever seen. And, you know, he's like, tagging people and trying to get people excited about it. But the world does not understand that mm. they just, they don't get the difference between doing a backflip off of a ledge yeah. and doing a, 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 a front flip rail position <laughs> off of a rail yeah. onto another rail. <laughs> yeah. Onto a rail. Yeah. There's, there's no way to comprehend that. So <laughs> I think for me, a big part of what I have really been focusing on within the parkour community and free running mm. world right now is finding ways to be a conduit a sort of like translator for them. and and you recognize as like a commentator as a host as a, as somebody that's speaking to a broader audience it's mm. sort of up to us to translate some of those things and as a content creator i think i certainly shifted away from developing a lot of personal content because i felt like there's so many people putting out really dope stuff right now but I think with 
never hear this, this last video, I was like, oh, maybe this is a way where I can take something and share it with people that they can connect with in a sense where it's not so much about just how hard the thing is. Yeah. Although I do plenty of dope stuff in there. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted, <laughs> all right? It's still Frosty um, Fresh, all right? He, he, he still got exactly. it. But it, it's way more about how that the experience <laughs> of seeing something like that happen and what it's like to be there, to hear all those voices going off and, you know, like convincing security to like move a car. So you, can yeah. to, you know, that's such a part of like that feeling of, of being there that I think people can connect with. And the more we can work with people outside of just mm. our very, you know, insular bubble, the more we can expand and and not necessarily just get more participants. Like we don't need necessarily more athletes in the sport. Yeah. I just think people understanding and people being supporters, it's going to help build this uh, in a really positive way. I couldn't agree more. And I used to feel differently. Like I, when I was younger, I was like, I want to make content, but that was d different. You know, I, when I was, when I was younger, I wanted to do the thing that was for parkour people to understand, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and that was really gravitated to me because I really loved how gnarly and how, how intricate it could get within the discipline as you go deeper and deeper. Um, but similarly, I feel like now different mission, I want to connect. I want to build bridges to different communities to across different boundaries and help everyone else see what I saw, you know, back in the yeah, day. And I think, you know, the, the, the parkour like film culture has shifted so much. When mm. we first started, it was just like, really bad videos or really <laughs> some bad deep, drum and bass yeah Lincoln Park or like, <laughs> kind of like me, I forced a lot of people to watch 12 and a half minute long Lincoln Park like anthems oh baby like, yeah really bad stuff you know and like <laughs> I think uh, it, it you know it's grown and it's changed and now we have people like creating what feels like free running content what feels like parkour mm. films it it is its own thing. It has its own world. And, and it's cool because I think even more than like something like skateboarding, which has been certainly sort of like it cultivated image, you know, fisheye lenses, rolling shots, like, yeah, uploads, yeah. like they got that and that became their feeling. And we have, you know, we tried that, we tested it out, mm -hmm. but like, because we're running in parkour grew so much on the internet, it really has this, uh, this, this energy of, beautiful beautiful videos like things shot like incredibly well like way mm. better than like 14 year olds should be releasing content but <laughs> yeah it makes but uh, it's, it's it's really amazing and now we're at a place where yes like those videos are going to exist free running videos for free runners parkour videos for parkour athletes are going to be created every single day no matter what mm. so if you have an idea that's outside of the box if you feel like you can connect with someone or collaborate with somebody um i think there's there's not a responsibility, but there's certainly an opportunity there. Mm. And I want to been and continue to search for opportunities to do that. Shout out to all those opportunities out there. <laughs> there's many of them. And, uh, we will, we will be looking forward to seeing what's, uh, what's on the horizon for you. You, um, you mentioned in your video description that you still have big dreams, big hopes. Is there anything in particular that you can clue us in on? Um, well, I'm really excited. You know, I'm still working very closely with Red Bull. They're expanding their mm -hmm. efforts into free running right now. Um, you know, sponsoring more athletes, sponsoring more events, um, and also building up to this year's Art of Motion, which I'm really excited about. Um, and also building things again, like from the grassroots level on the other side of things, working with Tempest, we're, you know, really focusing on our events 
and our gyms, our competitions, our new shoes, like the, the flare pro model is like the first free running shoe with, uh, you know, specially designed formulations in rubber and foam for this sport. And of course, like that, you know, uh, free running high top is not going to be for everybody, but it's something <laughs> that shows that you can make something special on this for the sport. It's something unique and cool. And I've, I've been so excited to, to, to see the response to it so far. And, um, the new gym has been so awesome with, uh, with just like a slight shift in our perspective of what we can bring to people. And now we're, we're developing more of our sort of like gym to gym competitions, grassroots events. And I think there's going to be a, a lot more ways that people can connect. And it's part of the reason why I got involved with USPK. Mm. So I'm on the transition board for that with, uh, Amos and Mark Turok, Caitlin from Parkour Visions mm-hmm. and Parkour Gens. Um, it's really, uh, uh, an amazing time in our sport because there is so much interest in it. There is so much attention on it, but now more than ever, I feel like we need to come together as a community to try and build something stronger as an overall foundation for the sport. I think individual pillars within the community have been so strong. They've helped it really grow. And during any sort of like shift, there's always been somebody or a few people pushing things forward. Um, but as we start to get really heavy influence from outside the sport or from people that are sort of willing to sell off parts of our sport to uh, a bigger outside entity, I think it's going to be important for us to build something inside the community where the, the voices of the people are represented mm. and also for us to be very aware of the kinds of people that we're working with. And it's been a very difficult um, choice for me. I've always been a strong uh, proponent of if you have something to say, then you got to be involved. Like you, you got to have some skin in the game uh-huh. and you can't be willing to put yourself out there. And it's one of the reasons why I was really excited to become a host for Red Bull to go to Airwhip and NAPC and, yeah, yeah. and be a voice. Um, but you know, last year when I was invited to Japan to host the the big station competition, I had to turn it down and it was really difficult for me. Um, but I had a great talk with, uh, Pamela Forster from, uh, Austria mm-hmm. thing, and helping to develop the Austrian parkour association right now, doing really cool things. And, uh, she also turned it down and she really helped me recognize that as important as the actions you take are, you know, turning that down was, was difficult for me, but important. Um, talking about why I turned it down is really where a lot of that value can come in. Mm. So it's not just about not doing something bad, about trying to do something that's going to make the world the way you you, you think it should be. And I think that the important thing for us to keep in mind right now is there are a lot of people outside of the parkour community that want to support it. There are people that, that recognize its value and they want to be involved. And the ones that we want to work with are the ones who come to us. They ask questions, they involve the community, you know, and when things get difficult, they don't abandon it. They don't like start lying and changing their word. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's about people that you can build trust in, that you can communicate with and not the ones that come to you saying like, okay, well we are see where you are and uh, we're going to just gonna take this off your hands. You know, yeah. I, I think that there's been a lot of back and forth within our community about whether or not we can sort of like trust the outside world. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I think the reason why I'm so apt to try and find ways to bridge those gaps is when I started, you know, 18 years ago, there were no English speaking websites or forums. There was one French forum site that you could go to that had like a couple of French dudes basically telling any English speakers that they didn't want them, that parkour wasn't for them and that they should go away. Mm. And that was the, the energy that, that existed when it was just about trying to protect this idea. And I get it. Like I understand wanting to protect something you care about, but I think it's also important to recognize that these things are going to happen. People are going to come in. And if you do nothing, then it's up to them what happens with this. If yep. you don't take a stand, if you don't get involved, if you don't find a way to have your voice heard, then you're, you're not going to be heard. <laughs> so USBK is a way for people to have a voice. We are a nonprofit organization. Everything that has gone into this has just been out of pocket for, you know, five or six of us have been putting this together. And um, it's, it's literally only value in the world is to try and give voice to the people that participate, support, and work in this sport right now. So mm. if you care at all about parkour or about people that practice parkour, then check out USTK.org and find out how you can get involved. It's super easy. It doesn't cost anything just to, to sign up. And there's there's so much that we can do if we come together. And mm. I really believe that that's what this community will do because people care they really care about parkour it's amazing <laughs> yeah 100 like I, I thank you for sharing with that because I, I think that's one of the best things about about this platform is that we can get some of these messages out here to to anyone listening and i think that's a really important one like you said um what what is uh what is your you know outside of even the fig thing you know distrusting the outside world obviously the fig is the the big bad potentially that might be coming in and trying to snatch things away from us that aren't really rightfully theirs and not in a way that's building us up, but really stealing from us uh, as, as a community or, or manipulating us as a community um, is it. And, and, and regardless, you know, I'm not like super well versed on it, but the, the idea of the Olympics in the Olympic committee and that whole, whole, whole entire organization sometimes puts me on edge, Do, you know? And, and I think that it's odd because I, I want, on the one hand, I really feel that being in the Olympics, being an Olympic level event is some kind of, it, it feels like you've arrived at some, some very cool opportunity a really, really special place. Um, and, part of me really does want to see parkour in the Olympics, you know, because I think that'd be an amazing thing for, for us to be validated in that way. Um, because I do think we're as important as anything else that's been in there, but the other, there, another part of me doesn't think that the Olympics really does much for some of these sports and in, in the whole organization as a, as an entity might be in some ways, this aggressive thing that, you know, it connects a lot of people, but does it, does it do it off the backs of, of athletes and stuff that, that may not be benefiting from it, but actually, you know, and that, I don't know, I, I guess yeah, like, it's I, hard for I, me to I just mean, I think dance around it, but you know what I mean? Is like, do we need to try to change the Olympics before we get into them? I think that I don't think that the Olympics would ruin anything for any individual athletes. I think that it would have a very 
profound effect on the trajectory of the sport. Yeah. Um, so you know that I also think that someday parkour should be in the Olympics because a mm-hmm. lot of people that practice parkour, their goal is to test the limits of the human body, to understand how to best develop techniques for movement. And that is the original goal of the Olympics, to find out mm-hmm. what are the best ways to, to use the human body? How, what are the best training techniques? What are the, 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 the most amazing things a human person can do? And like, that's everything that we're, we're, we're doing. And I'm, I'm fully in support of that. What mm-hmm. I'm not in support of is somebody coming in, deciding that not enough has been developed, and so they're going to rush to develop something so that they can implement an idea that they, they yes. want to see exist before anything is there to really support it. And I had really amazing conversations with uh, a couple different uh, um, snowboarding host mm. commentators That's- talking about what snowboarding went through after it was introduced into the Olympics. And uh, I'm not sure how much you or your listeners are, are aware of that sort of like core snowboarding versus <laughs> um, Olympic snowboarding. Yeah. But it happened at a time when competitive snowboarding was still in a growth stage when the sort of core mountain border uh, snowboarders were, were still like developing what their culture was about. Mm. And it created a huge division within the sport. Basically, turning snowboarding into its own parkour versus free running debate, mm. but in the middle of it becoming its own culture and entity. And now you, it has essentially created like a, a split where there are now two cultures within snowboarding, the people that are moving towards competitive and the people that are moving toward traditional. And it's fine. There is space for both of those, mm-hmm. but it's also something that, could have been avoided if they gave snowboarding the opportunity to develop that for itself. And it's not as if those things weren't in place. I look at skateboarding, which is now coming into the Olympics Mm. and it's had multiple chances to be involved, but skateboarders, Tony Hawk, Rob Deerdeck, you know, really prominent skateboarders came together to say, no, we don't think that this is right for skateboarding. We don't. And those are like guys who have made their careers competing in skateboarding Mm saying, no, this is not what you want to bring to the Olympics is not what's best for skateboarding. This is not going to help us better understand skateboarding. It's not going to help us appreciate skateboarding in, in the way that we want. And it's not going to help cultivate this culture that we've been building for years. And it's only now that they've come together, they've had the chance to really develop something they can all get behind that it's, it's hopefully going to come around in a really positive way. And that's my hope for... Do you know what their grievances that. were with in in particular with the skateboarding? Well, ironically, the the first time it was brought up, uh, the the organization that claimed skateboarding was just other is just a generic wheeled sports association. It was anything with wheels. Oh and god! There's no way you can tell me that like road cycling it should be governed by the same people that are in charge of skateboarding. Yeah, skateboarding is its own world entirely. And what I think that people either fail to believe or would choose to ignore is that the culture that develops something is as important as the physical mechanics that allow you to participate in mm. without that ideology behind it, without that philosophy or energy behind it, then it's just box jumps. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, thanks man. 
I think that's really powerful. I mean, let's let's maybe go for a higher note. That was kind of rough, like to, <laughs> but uh, you know what 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 I'd like to see then is um, I guess you know I'd love to see what USPK or dot org is where we're gonna head. If you what's the horizon hold for yeah. them and and what are you guys going to do to help combat that? Like other than visit the website, is there something that people can do to get involved? Um, yeah, right now we're about we you know just now launched our membership platform we're about to start promoting it uh, we really wanted to open it up because there was a big uh, vote that went on for all of gymnastics and whether or not they were going to illegally take over parkour which mm-hmm. they voted to even though technically by their own bylaws they could not because of things like um British gymnastics and the UK already having recognized parkour as a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like USA gymnastics dissolving because they literally cannot do anything without breaking the law. So I think, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, okay, I'm saying too much in that, that space. Um, it's okay. yeah, we, we launched a little bit early so that we could, um, um, accept, start taking memberships and be involved in, speaking out against that, that vote to try and make some impact. Um, but really what we need now is people to get involved. They can go to the website. There is a free version of the membership. If you want to just uh, find out more to get involved, but if you, you do sign up for membership then you can help us decide what steps we want to take. Like we already know we're moving on, um, on reaching out to the different committees. The U S Olympic committee is looking to take over us, a gymnastics in general, which then could affect us in a lot of ways. Um, and so we're actively trying to take steps to reach out and, and, and make, um, definitive actions possible for us. But the only way that we can build validity to us is by building a strong membership base that can not only show the numbers that we have behind what we're doing, but also really the most valuable thing you can do today is you can post something about it. Like put something out there into the world about what you care about. That's Mm. why the, we are not gymnastics campaign was so powerful and ironically more viral than any, we are gymnastics campaign that (laughs) that gymnastics has ever put out. But it's because all the people who saw this knew that they, 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 this wasn't right. And they all got behind that idea. And it's as simple as putting a pound sign in front of a couple words and, and putting that on the internet. And, uh, right now we're trying to take a certainly more complex idea, which is not just that we aren't something, but we are something and, and get people behind that to help us really decide what is parkour in the U S today. Mm-hmm. And that's not up to me. That's not up to Tempest or ABK or, or Anybody. FIG. It's, it's up to all of us. Mm hundred percent, man. And thank you for the work you're doing. And hopefully, you know, um, we'll get to see more people get involved. I'll, I'll make sure to put some of that link in the description for, for everyone listening right now. Uh, I think, uh, this has been amazing, dude. I don't, I don't know what else to ask you, but I really appreciate you coming on and it's been great catching up with you. And hopefully we're going to see each other again at NAPC this fall. Do you have any preview like any picks i know it's too early but what are you most excited for at this this season spl mm. um i mean i think uh it's it's gonna be a pretty amazing one like i said like nate weston just dropped a crazy video of the year um last year and he's just been training ever since i know he's had some injuries so 
probably going to see some of these dudes like Max Antal who crushed it last year. Um, but also some people that weren't able to compete. My boy Corbin, he's coming back strong after a rough injury. And uh, I think we're going to be seeing some really amazing stuff get thrown down. And um, it's all... It's all just—it's uh, all just happening. It's man. all just happening, it's, it's, and of course, happening. <laughs> of course, every, there's always something that comes out of the woodwork every year. I feel like as well, a new a new yeah. star emerges almost every year. That's one of the beautiful things about competition. And I think one of the reasons, like, why we all love it so much. So, all right, brother, um, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we we can't wait to see what's uh, what's in the future for USPK, for Tempest, for. Uh, NAPC, Red Bull, and everything that you're doing. Um, it's been a pleasure talking with you, man. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, cheers. Oh, yeah, gang. There it is again. That was that episode. And I got much to say except thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you guys. Thank Frosty Fresh for being a part of this one. Please check out the description. Everything we talked about, once again, is going to be in that spot and you guys will be able to get um involved with with what we're doing and what frosty's doing through all those links so we appreciate you guys being here being a part of this one we'll see you next week make sure to subscribe all that jazz i'll see you guys in an episode peace